Chapter Forty Five of Mystery of the Sea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Mystery of the Sea by Bram Stoker. Chapter Forty Five Danger. The time of waiting was inconceivably long and dreary when marjorie and i had been waiting for death in the water cave we thought that nothing could be so protracted but now i knew better then we had been together and whatever came even death itself would be shared by us but now i was alone and marjorie away and in danger in what danger i knew not i could only imagine and at every new thought of fear and horror i ground my teeth afresh and longed for action Fortunately, there was something to do. The detectives wanted to know all I could tell them. At the first, the chief had asked that Mrs. Jack would get all the servants of the house together so that he might see them. She had so arranged matters that they would be together in the servants' hall, and he went down to inspect. He did not stay long, but came back to me at once with an important look on his face. He closed the door, and coming close to me, said, i knew there was something wrong below stairs that footman has skipped for a few seconds i did not realize what he meant and asked him to explain that footman that went out gallivanting at nights he's in it sure why isn't he in the hall where the others are just you ask the old lady about him it'll be less suspicious than me doing it then it dawned on me what he meant there is no footman in the house i said that's so mister that's just what i'm telling where is he there is none they don't have any male servants in the house the only men are in the stables in the village then that makes it worse still there is a man who i've seen myself steal out of the house after dark or in the dusk and sneak back again out of the wood in the grey of the dawn why i've reported it to mr adams didn't he warn you about it he said he would he did that and didn't you take his tip no here from the annoyed expression of his face i took warning it would never do to chagrin the man and set him against me by any suspicion of ridicule so i went on the fact is my friend that this was a disguise it was ma miss drake who used it he was veritably surprised his amazement was manifest in his words miss drake and did she put on the john thomas livery in the name of thunder why to escape you to escape me well i'm damned that elegant young lady to put on livery and to escape me yes you and the others she knew you were watching her of course she was grateful for it i added for his face fell but she couldn't bear it all the same you know what girls are i went on apologetically they don't like to be cornered or forced to do anything she knew you were all clever fellows at your work and didn't take any chances i was trying to conciliate him but i need not have feared he was of the right sort he broke into a laugh slapping his thigh loudly with his open hand as he said heartily well that girl's a daisy she's a peach she's it to think of her walking out under our noses and us not having an idea that it might be her 
just because we didn't think she'd condescend to put on the breeches and the footman's at that well it's a pity we didn't get on to her curves for it might have been different never mind we'll take her out of her trouble before long and mr whiskey tommy and his push will have to look out for their skins this little episode passed some of the time but the reaction to the dreary waiting was worse than ever as i began again an endless chain of surmises and misgivings it occurred to me that don bernardino might be made of some use the blackmailers had evidently watched him it might be that they would watch him again if so he could be the means of a trap being laid i turned the matter over in my mind but at present could see no way to realize the idea it gave me another thought however the don had been very noble in his attitude to me and i might repay some of his goodness although he was so quiet and silent i knew well that he must be full of his own anxiety regarding the treasure now exposed as it might be to other eyes than his own i could ask him to go to see after it with some diffidence i broached the matter to him for i did not want in any way to wound him since i had determined to relinquish the treasure if necessary i was loath to make the doing so seem like an ungracious act at first he almost took offence reminding me with overt haughtiness that he had already assured me that all the treasures of spain or of the popedom were secondary to a woman's honour i liked him all the better for his attitude and tried to persuade him that it was his duty to guard this trust as otherwise it might fall into bad hands then a brilliant idea struck me one which at once met the case and made the possibility of a trap i told him as the blackmailers had watched him once they might have done so again and have even followed him to my house as i was speaking the thought struck me of how well providence arranges all for the best if don bernardino had not taken from the library the typescript of the secret writing it might have fallen into the hands of the gang when i mentioned the idea to him he said in surprise but i did not take the papers i read them on the table but did not think of moving them why had i done so i should have at once made suspicion and it was my purpose to keep the secret if i could an idea struck me and i ran over to the table to look where the papers usually were there was not a sign of them about somebody had secured them it could hardly have been marjorie who lacked any possible motive for doing so the spaniard eagerly following my face saw the amazement which i felt he cried out then they have taken them the treasure may yet prove a lure through which we may catch them if it be that they have followed me to your house and if they have any suspicions that came to me on reading that paper then they will surely make some attempt if anything were to be tried on this line there was no time to lose i had to carry out the matter privately for on mentioning to don bernardino that i should ask one of the detectives to go with him he at once drew back no he said i have no right to imperil further this trust the discovery was yours and you knew of the hiding place before i did but i could not with my consent allow any other person to know the secret moreover these men are enemies of my country 
and it is not well that they should know lest they should use their knowledge for their country's aid you and i senor are caballero to us there is somewhere a high rule of honour but to these people there is only law well i said if you are going you had better lose no time these people have had nearly six hours already i left the house with mrs jack a little after ten but you had better go carefully the men are desperate and if they find you alone you may have a bad time for answer he pulled a revolver from his pocket since yesterday he said i go armed till these unhappy businesses are all over i then told him of the entrance to the caves and gave him the key of the cellar be sure you have a light i cautioned him plenty of light and matches it will be towards low water when you get there the rope which we used as a clue is still in its place we did not take it away i could see that this thought was a new source of anxiety to him if the gang were before him it would have served to lead them to the treasure itself as he was going i bade him remember that if there was any sign of the men about he was to return at once or send us word so that we could come and catch them like rats in a trap in any case he was to send us word so that we might have knowledge of his movements and inferentially of those of our enemies in such a struggle as ours knowledge was everything not long after he had gone cathcart and mcrae arrived on horseback they said there were three other saddle horses coming after them cathcart had a list of all the churches and the manses of all the clergy of all shades of doctrine in buchan and a pretty formidable list it made he also had a map of aberdeen county and a list of such houses as had been let for the summer or at any period during it such was of course only an agent's list and would not contain every letting privately we set to work at once with the map and the lists and soon marked the names which were likely to be of any use to us those which had at any time lately been let to strangers then cathcart and gordon and all the detectives except the chief went off on horseback with a list of places to visit they were all to return to report as soon as possible the chief kept tab of the places to be visited by each when the rest had gone i asked him if he knew where any of those supposed to be of the gang lived in the neighborhood he said he felt awkward in answering the question and he certainly looked it the fact is he said sheepishly since that young lady kicked those names on the dirt and so into my thick head i know pretty well who they are had i known before i could easily have got those who could identify them for i never saw them myself i take it that feathers is none other than featherstone who was with whiskey tommy which was tom mason in the a t stewart ransom case if those two are in it most likely the one they call dago is a half-bred spaniard that comes from somewheres over here that max that she named if he's the same man is a dutchman he's about the worst of the bunch then for this game there's likely to be two chicago bums from the levee way down politicians and healers it's possible that there are two more a man from frisco that they call sailor ben what they call a cosmopolite for he doesn't come from nowhere in particular and a buck nigger from new orleans a real bad un he is 
of all the but i hope he isn't in the gang if he is we haven't no time to lose his words made my blood run cold was this the crowd within whose danger i had consented that marjorie should stand the worst kind of scoundrels from all over the earth oh what it was to be powerless and to know that she was in their hands it took me all my strength of purpose not to weep out of despair i think the detective must have wished to cheer me a little for he went on of course it's not their game to do her any harm or let harm come to her she's worth too many millions alive and unharmed for them to spoil their market by any foolishness it's here that i trust whiskey tommy to keep the rest straight i suppose you know sir that criminals always work in the same way every time we know that when the judge wouldn't pay up for old a t featherstone threatened to burn up the stiff but whiskey tommy knew better than to kill the golden goose like that why he went and stole it from featherstone and hid it somewhere about trenton till the old lady coughed up about twenty-five thousand tommy's head's level and if that black devil isn't in the squeeze he'll keep them up to the collar every time who is the negro i asked for i wanted to know the worst what has he done what hasn't he done that's vile is what i'd like to know they're a hard crowd in the darky side of new orleans and a man doesn't get a bad name there easily i tell you there are dens there that'd make god almighty blush or the devil either a darky that is bred in them and gets to the top of the push doesn't stick to no trifles but you be easy in your mind as yet sir at present there's naught to fear and if once they get safe away they will try to put the screw on god knows then what may happen in the meantime the only fear is lest if they're in a tight place they may kill her my heart turned to ice at his words what horrible possibilities were there when death for my darling was the only fear it was in a faint enough voice i asked him would they really kill her of course they would if it was their best course but don't you be downhearted sir there's not much fear of killing as yet at all events these men are out for dough and for a good heap of it too they're not going to throw away a chance till the game's up if we get on to their curves quick they'll have to think of their own skins it's only when all's up that they'll act when they themselves must croak if she doesn't oh if i had known if i had had any suspicion of the dangerous nature of the game we were playing that i had consented that marjorie should play i'd have cut my tongue out before i'd have agreed i might have known that a great nation like the united states would not have concerned itself as to any danger of an individual unless there had been good cause oh fool fool that i had been if i had been able to do anything it might not have been so bad it was necessary however that i should be at the very heart and centre of action for i alone knew the different ramifications of things and there was always something cropping up of which i had better knowledge than the others and so i had to wait in what patience i could pray for patience and coolness of head were what were demanded of me for the present later on the time might come when there would be action and i never doubted that when the time did come it would not find me wanting even in the issues of life and death End of chapter 45